Welcome to the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. We're getting ready to have an old-fashioned line-on-line, precept-on-precept study of God's Word to search out those deeper truths and gain a greater understanding of the Bible. We would love for you to join us today as we dig in and learn what it is God would truly have us to know from the letter that He wrote to us. Hello and God bless you. Welcome into the study today. We're going to be carrying on with the book of Revelation. I'm going to be picking it up in chapter 14, verse 1. And, you know, we're making pretty good headway through this through this great prophetic book. Now, in our last study, we covered three eons of time. And all the way up until Christ returns. And then, when we got to that 13th chapter we see God again telling us this is the way that this system is going to come in. This is the way the beast system comes in. The fifth and sixth trumps are here. And they show up as kings that were given power from Satan to form this one world government, basically, that no one's going to go to war with because everybody's so peaceful and prosperous, as it says in the great book of Daniel. As we pick it up in chapter 14, we're, we, we just finished counting the number of the beast, the sixth seal, sixth trump, and sixth vial, and now we're getting into that seventh. So chapter 14, verse 1, we ask for clarity and understanding from our Father in Jesus' name, and verse 1 reads, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him an hundred and forty-four thousand, having his Father's names, written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sang, as it were, a new song after the, before, excuse me, before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. Now this sounds a lot like the song of Moses here that song that the overcomers sing, because they were sealed with the seal of God in their foreheads, and they did not fall to the deception of the Antichrist when he was here, making spiritual war against the saints. Verse 4, These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins, they are These are they which follow the Lamb, whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. Now, one thing about this verse, there's a couple of things in this. First, these are they which were not defiled with women. Now, that should spark your mind to Matthew chapter 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21, where Christ says, Woe to those who are with child in those days and give suck. It's not talking physically. This is spiritually. You've got to remember, our husband is Christ. We are the bride of Christ. And if our husband's been gone 2,000 years and he comes back and his wife's pregnant, she spiritually has been fooling around, committing the fornications with that false doctrine. That's what that's talking about. Now, another thing in this verse, these were the redeemed from among men being the first fruits unto God. 
That is those who you can read. Let's just flip over right quick to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and we're going to pick it up in verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, this is the same people that are spoken of in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, that were predestined before the foundations of the world. Before Satan rebelled against God, or during his rebellion, before that overthrow happened, these stood up for God. They stood against Satan in that first eon. And he chose them at that point. Let's continue on reading. Verse 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, who he chose, them he also called. And whom he called, he also justified. Justified meaning they've already been judged. They, they are the elect. They don't have free will. Just as the Apostle Paul was on the road to Damascus to persecute the Christian church, Christ stopped him and said, Paul, you are my chosen vessel, meaning he had been predestinated. They said, you, you quit persecuting me. You get back over here. Quit kicking against the pricks. You get back on the right path. Now, had Paul not been a chosen vessel, he would have continued right on down the path persecuting the church. But he was one of those elect who God had predestinated. And so he can come down and yank those elect back over where they need to be, correct them whenever they start getting a little off the path. And to finish the verse, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say? What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? All right, let's go back over to Revelation. We're going to pick it up in verse 5. And in their mouth was found no guile. Now, this guile is meaning no lies. They weren't teaching the false doctrine. They didn't believe the false doctrine, meaning they weren't nursing it along. They were staying with the true word. For they were without fault before the throne of God. Verse 6. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God or revere God and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, the, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. One thing about this word Babylon, it means confusion. Anytime we talk about this great city of Babylon, it's talking about confusion. We all know that God's not the author of confusion, but Satan is. He's the one that comes in to steal, kill, and destroy. And how is he going to do that? Spiritually, through lies, that flood of lies that we read about in chapter 12. Verse 9. 
And the third angel followed, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or his hand, if you receive that doctrine or you spread that doctrine, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Now, let's stop there just for a second. This smoke that rises up forever and ever. A lot of people will say, well, there's an eternal hell. And you're going to sit over there and fry like a piece of bacon if you did wrong. We're, just, we're, going, we're going to be over here having us a good party and be able to look over into this pit and see oh such and such just frying like a piece of bacon, being tormented. You know, God's not one to torture. And that's torture. So what is this talking of? Let's go to Psalms chapter 37. Now this is an acrostic psalm, meaning it's kind of, there's a bit of a hidden message in the, in the Hebrew, in the way that it's written. And we're only going to catch just a few verses in this. Psalms chapter 37. We're going to start with verse 7. And it says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. What it's saying is, rest in the Lord. Don't worry about the, the crook over here. Don't worry about the feller that's just doing all this, this corrupt stuff in the world. Why not? All right, we're going to jump to verse 20. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs, they shall consume, into smoke shall they consume away. What's that talking about? If you were to roast a lamb, just think about if you've got a steak on the grill. Whenever that steak is cooking on that grill, you got the little juices that fall off and they hit the coals and they just, and they're gone. And that smoke goes up forever and ever. That substance is not there anymore. But now, it's a smoke that's gone forever and ever. That's what this is describing. And to finish it off, we're going to go to verse 34 of the same 37th chapter. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. Not only are they going to be blotted out forever and ever, but we will all be there. The reason for that is because that will be after the great white throne judgment where we will all be standing there in our spiritual bodies. And those who fall for Satan's lies after the millennium, after we've been in spiritual bodies for a thousand years, being taught, as it explains in Ezekiel chapter 44, the Zadok, those righteous ones, who overcome, will be able to teach those who didn't have a, even a, a blink of a chance because they never heard the truth. Even still, after that, being able to see God, being able to see Christ there, 
after that thousand years, some are still going to follow Satan. You know, you've got to be pretty dense to do that. But it's written and it will happen. All right, let's move back over to Revelation chapter 14. I'm going to pick it back up in verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. You see, that's the law and the faith right there. A lot of people will say, well, Jesus did away with the law. You know, Christ said, I come not to change one jot or tittle of the law. A jot or a tittle, that's just that little bitty mark above a letter that changes the pronunciation of one letter. I didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Now, the blood sacrifices, the blood ordinances, yes, those are done away with because they were nailed to the cross with Christ. And you might say, well, I've always heard that the law is the Old Testament. Thou shalt not kill. Still not supposed to kill. Thou shalt not steal. Still not supposed to do that. All right, moving on, verse 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. Now, what happened? Their works do follow them. We will get to it and read that in heaven, you get these robes of righteousness, and they're made from the righteousness of the saints. From those righteous works that you do here on earth, here in the flesh, that's the only thing you can take with you. Verse 14, And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one set, a, set like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. One that set like the Son of Man. Here comes Christ. He's got a sickle. Now watch this. Verse 15, And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice, to him that sat on the cloud, thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Now that should spark your mind to Matthew chapter 13 with the parable of the wheat and the tares. Christ said, just let them grow together. But at the end of the earth, at the end of this age, you will come in and harvest and then separate out the wheat from the tares. All right, moving on. Verse 16. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, also having a sharp sickle. And the angel, and another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, getting his pit ready, and cried with a loud cry to him, that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. Now, the, you should get a little flag in this right here. You don't harvest grapes with a sickle. You pluck grapes. Huh. Verse 19. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine, of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. 
and the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood come out of the winepress even unto the horse bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. Now, this vine would be that vine of the earth. If we go to Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 32, this is the song of Moses. Deuteronomy chapter 32. And verse 32. And it reads, For their rock is not our rock, even our enemies themselves being judge, judges. For their vine is of the vine of Sodom and of the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are grapes of gall. Their clusters are bitter. It's that wormwood. It's those tares that have crept in and allowed themselves to be used by Satan and have allowed themselves to be deceived that are going to be harvested as this into this wine press. All right, verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 1. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. Now we're getting ready to get into these vials. Verse 2. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. That sea of glass just being that purity, that how pure it will be whenever we're in that dimension. Verse 3, And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, and just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship thee. Before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. Now, verse 3, and they sing the song of Moses. I just mentioned that. It's Deuteronomy chapter 32. You can get the, the title of the song in the last verse of Deuteronomy chapter 31. But that chapter is a very prophetic chapter that will allow you to understand what it is that the overcomers will be singing because they, it basically tells you what happens at the end time, during the end times. And we have a, a topical study over it uh, that we've done and, and, and published here on the podcast. Verse 5, And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. And the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues, these vials, clothed in pure and white linen, and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials, full of the wrath of God, who liveth forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple to the seven plagues 
of the seven angels were fulfilled. One thing about these plagues, this is for those who don't have the seal of God in their forehead. If you're standing right in the middle of everything going on, it's not going to harm you. It's going to get everyone around you that does not have the seal of God in their head. But it won't touch you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Chapter 16, verse 1. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. Now you'll see in these vials that they follow right along with Exodus, with the plagues in Egypt. But one of them is different. Now I'll point that out when we get to it. Now this one would have followed right along with Exodus chapter 9 verse 10 where Moses scattered the ash. And God calls the bulls to be on all the Egyptians, those who would not follow God. Verse 3. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as blood of a dead man. And every living soul died in the sea. Exodus chapter 7 verse 20 is where God instructed Moses to strike the water with his staff, and the water turned to blood. Verse 4, and the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and waters and fountains of waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and was and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of the saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink. For they are worthy. Now, this right here, if you remember the third trump. Let's go back to it right quick. What did the third trump say? Verse 10 of chapter 8 of this same book. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters. And they became... And the name of that star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. That bitterness. That's what you've got here. That bitterness. They're having to receive that bitterness now because of the way that they have disobeyed God and have shed the blood of the saints. All right, back over in chapter 16, verse 7. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. Now this is the one that's different from the plagues of Egypt. This plague did not happen in Egypt. Now what is this fire? It's that consuming fire. And if you're standing in the middle of this consuming fire, all it will do is just warm you. It's God's consuming fire. It's rough on those that disobey God. Rough on those that have the mark of the beast. But if you have the seal of God in your forehead, it'll just feel like a nice, warming 
just beautiful spirit. Verse 9, And men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. How can they, how can they be this way? They think that God is in front of them. They think, hook, line, and sinker, that the Antichrist, that Satan, is the true God. They do not understand that they're worshiping the liar. Verse 10, And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. Now, this seat of the beast, what's going on here? If you remember the fifth trump, it was a time of teaching. Where is the beast sitting? In the temple, trying to show itself that he's God. And what's happened here is this vial is poured out, and his kingdom's full of darkness because there is no light within it. And it's this false teaching that's going out. They're gnawing their tongues because of this false teaching. Again, they truly believe that Satan, at this point, is the true God. So maybe they're blaspheming God because they think it's Satan doing all this stuff. You see, just, just their minds twisted. What's right is wrong. What's wrong is right. Verse 12, And the sixth angel poured out his vow, upon the great river Euphrates. And the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Now these kings of the east, these are those ten horns, those ten kings that come with Satan. These aren't kings of the earth, but these are those that Satan gives power to help to organize this beast system. Again, this is the sixth vial, meaning the apparent appearance of the Antichrist. Verse 13, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. And we just got three offices of Satan there. He's the dragon. He's that beast that gives power unto the one who is wounded. And he's the false prophet. You see, he copies God in every way that he can to try to prove that he is God. There is the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And there is this wicked three trying to do his best to imitate. It goes all the way back to that first seal, that toxon, that fabric imitation of the glory of God. Verse 14, For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, he can snap his finger and fire will come down from the sky. These are unclean spirits. These are lies coming out of his mouth. Carrying on, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and, un and of the whole world to gather them to battle of that great day of God Almighty. He's trying to round everybody up saying, I'm God, I'm God. We got to watch out. We got we to gotta all come together and load up on my wagon. Let's fly away because there's one coming that's horrible. And just as a thief in the night, that one that's supposed to be horrible is the true Christ. And he sets his foot back down. 
and every knee bows. Verse 15, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Again, Revelation chapter 19, verse 8, the righteous works that you do in the flesh weave those linen garments that you wear in the spirit. What he's saying here is don't be deceived. Continue straight and righteous. Keep your mind right to make sure that you don't show up in an itty-bitty bikini. Verse 16. And he gathered them together into a place in the Hebrew tongue called Armageddon. Now this Armageddon is uh, a gathering place, you could call it. <clears throat> where would this be? Well, it's going to be where Satan is. Where is Satan? Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, to finish this study out. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. Who opposes it? Let's see here. Let me just back up. We'll go ahead and start verse 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. He, Paul's telling you here, this is the way this is going to happen. That you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. He's saying, don't jump the gun. Even if you get to the sixth trump and there's spirits down here saying that God's here. If you can paint yourself, if you're in the flesh, the seventh trump has not sounded yet. He's saying, so just, just hold on here. Verse 3, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. We read of the son of perdition in our last study, Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 18, that son of perdition, that one destined to die being Satan. Verse 4, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, pretending to be God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. So he's going to be in the temple. And that is where this gathering place is. You see, Christ is going to set his feet back down on Mount Zion and it's going to split a path right to the temple, right to that place. And he's going to go in there and line everything out. All right, we will pick it up in the 17th verse of the 16th chapter with the seventh vial being poured out. God bless y'all. You have a great day. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions that you'd like answered on the podcast, you can write to us at Humans Under Grace, P.O. Box 1467, Tatum, Texas, 75691, or you can email us at questions at humansundergrace.com. Thank you, and God bless you.